the next half hour, I'll be reading from the June 1st, 2023 issue of the Buffalo Rocket on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Publishers of North Buffalo Rocket, this is the West Side Times and the Riverside Times. Shakespeare in the Park is the title. An aerial view of the crowd was shown showing during a production of Shakespeare at the Delaware Park, Buffalo, New York, 2022, which was held in person. And Shakespeare in Delaware of the Park, or SDP, is thrilled to announce its highly anticipated 48th summer season, featuring a captivating touring show and two main stage productions. This year's season promises to deliver exceptional performances and enchanting evenings under the stars free for all to enjoy. Kicking off the season on June 14th, SDP presents the touring show where there's a will, there's a play. Directed by Norm Sham, this unique production featuring four talented actors will bring an hour-long performance right to your neighborhood. Opening night will be held at the Roy Croft Inn beginning at 7 p.m. Throughout the summer, the production will visit various venues across western New York, offering audiences an opportunity to experience Shakespeare's timeless works up close and personal. Returning to the Hill on June 22nd, the SDP's main stage opens with the classic play Measure for Measure, directed by Virginia Monti. This production stars Daniel Lenzian, Gretchen Didio, Luke Brewer, and Lisa Ludwig, promising a riveting interpretation with a musical twist of Shakespeare's thought-provoking work. Audiences can catch this captivating performance Tuesday through Sunday at 7.15 p.m. from June 22nd to July 16th. Continuing the main stage lineup, SDP presents Shakespeare's most popular play and audience favorite, Romeo and Juliet, directed by Chris Kelly, featuring Aidan Conklin and Aaron Grace Kelly as the iconic star-crossed lovers, supported by season's SDB actors Chris Hatch and Pamela Rose Mangus in the roles of the friar and nurse. This magical production will open July 27th and run into August 20, offering an unforgettable experience under the night sky. Shakespeare in Delaware Park reaches over 45,000 audience members each season through celebrated high-quality professional theater. SDP is proud to be one of the largest and second-oldest free outdoor Shakespeare festivals in the country. Measure for Measure runs June 22nd through July 26th, with Romeo and Juliet taking stage July 27th through August 20. Our main stage shows are held every evening except Mondays at 7.15 p.m. on Shakespeare Hill on the Saul Elkin Stage in Delaware Park next to Hoyt Lake and behind the Rose Garden off Lincoln Parkway near the Albright Knox Art Gallery. For further information and to find out dates and locations of where there's a will, there's a play, go to www.shakespeareinthedelawarepark.org or call 716-856-4533. CCI Buffalo is to cut a ribbon on a new exhibit. The Centro Cultural Italiano di Buffalo, CCI Buffalo, is proud to announce the opening of a new exhibit, Generations. Thanks to an Erie County Cultural Capital Grant, the new 900-square-foot exhibit will explore the themes of immigration, neighborhoods, faith service, leisure, and businesses. Ribbon Cutting, 6 p.m. Thursday, June 1, 2023, Deputy County Executive Lisa Chimera, Mayor Brian Brown, Buffalo Common 
Council Member Joel Forletto, CCI Executive Director Lindsay Lauren Visser, and other elected officials and community leaders will be present to cut the ribbon on the new exhibit. This exhibit has been many years in the making and we are so excited to finally be able to share it with the community, said Executive Director Lindsay Lauren Visser. While the exhibit tells the Italian story, it also tells the story of immigration broadly. Anyone with an immigration story in their family, regardless of ethnicity, will be able to connect with our exhibit and come to better understand the experiences of their ancestors. Since we took on the project of renovating the North Park Library and converting it into an Italian cultural center, opening this exhibit has been part of our vision for the CCI, said Board President Mario Giacobbe. We are so grateful for the support we receive from our donors and from Erie County. The exhibit was funded in large part thanks to an Erie County Cultural Capital Grant. The program allowed the CCI as well as other cultural organizations to complete projects that were deferred due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The new exhibit will be open to the public during the CCI's normal operation hours, Wednesday through Friday, 10 to 4.30, and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. To celebrate its opening, admission will be pay what you wish for the month of June, and the CCI will be offering a number of programs throughout the month that relate to the topics explored in the exhibit. For more information, visit the CCI website, www.ccibuffalo.org. Free Admission Day, June 19th at the BMOS, the Buffalo Museum of Sciences, BMOS, Annual Free Admission Day, Community Health Day, sponsored by Independent Health, will be take place on Monday, June 19th. Many area schools will be closed for the Juneteenth holiday, giving everyone the opportunity to explore the museum's interactive exhibits and galleries at no cost. In addition to free admission, Community Health Day offers several health and wellness-focused activities for visitors of all ages. From 10 to 2 p.m., Independent Health Red Shirts will offer free giveaways and family-friendly activities, indoors and outdoors with weather permitting, and community partners will be stationed throughout the museum to provide information on health and wellness resources available in the western New York. Community partners representing a range of health and wellness resources will be on site, including UB Environmental Health Studies, New York Life's Child ID Program, and Crisis Services. There will also be a special story time in the Sense Erie Early Childhood Space led by the BMS highlighting the significance of Juneteenth. All four floors of the museum and its interactive science studies will be open for guests to explore. Families can also take part in a scavenger hunt and quiz in Explore You, presented by Independent Health, the museum's health-focused science studio, designed to provide a hands-on approach to understanding the human body and importance of healthy behaviors. Independent Health will offer free giveaways while supplies last and a variety of health and wellness activities, including a family fitness activity from YMCA Buffalo, Niagara, an obstacle course courtesy of the Independent Health Wellness Team, Play Streets programming through the, through the Police Athletic League of Buffalo, and Ready Bike Shares demonstrations of special appearances by Billy Buffalo and more. This will be the second year the annual event will take place in June. Community Health Day was previously held annually in January. For more information on the museum and Community Health Day, visit www.sciencebuff.org.
Under Sports by Bill Snyder, a record number playing. For the first time in the 66 history of the Hurdle North Park Youth Baseball League in North Buffalo, there are over 1,300 reasons why baseball and softball is so very good in Shoshone Park every summer. That's because over 1,300 boys and girls have signed up to play this season, the most the Hurdle North Park League has ever had since 1957, breaking last year's record number of over 1,200 children playing t-ball, travel, little league house, and senior divisions from early May until late July. All 1,300 children are wearing uniform jerseys and big league caps or visors and playing nightly in Shoshone Park or in various parks around western New York, representing the greatest baseball or softball league the city has to offer in this area. A visit to Shoshone Park on a Saturday for the first time finds one being able to watch as many as six or seven games being played on as many diamonds throughout the tiny park located on Hurdle Avenue near Main Street. We're just a month into the 2023 season that began on Saturday, May 6th, and already 63 teams are underway in eight divisions, ranging in ages 5 and 6-year-olds to 11 and 12-year-old years. Now that Memorial Day has passed, two more divisions will start later this week, making a total of 76 house teams, all looking to win a championships and carry a trophy by season's end. All teams have played at least one game on their schedules by now and have just one win or one loss or even a tie. But only seven have not won a single game yet at this writing, which is amazing to see this early. This past weekend, the league hosted their very own Jimmy Collins baseball tournament for boys in four different age brackets. Hurdle North Park played against teams from nearby Tonawanda, Matheson, McCarthy, Mount Ott, Lakeshore Tide, West Seneca Warriors, Lancaster Legends, and Jamestown Diamond Dogs. The three-day competition for 8, 9, 12, and 13-year-olds was very successful for the green and gold of North Buffalo, with championship trophies being presented to the winning teams and colorful medallions to wear for each player. Results of league games from last week include Burke Gancy went 2 for 3 and had 3 RBIs to lead the Dodgers over the Braves. 8 to 5 in major boys last Tuesday night. Earlier, the Giants defeated the Mets 2 to 1. The Cubs kept their record undefeated with a 9-1 win over the Reds, and the Cardinals rallied to defeat the Phillies 7 to 4. Paul Rabino, John Salerno, and Jude Vine led the Nationals to their first win of the season, a 5 to 2 win over the Padres. The Major Girls Division got underway last week as well. Last Tuesday night, the Grist defeated the Bruins 16-12, and the Huskies topped the Cougars 15-13. Two nights later, the Ducks won their first game. A 14-12 win over the Huskies and the Bruins tied the Cougars at 15-15. Five very good teams of girls, 12 and under, all in search of a good season. Mary Claire Sullivan hit a three-run home run in the first inning, and teammate Aubrey Jones went 3-for-3 three three at the plate to lead the Tigers to a 7-2 victory over the Wolverines. Stefan Mihailu was the guest columnist where he wrote, Worry is Useless. The universe always corrects itself. It's a secular sentiment I share with a friend and co-worker this week, how sometimes in life we are given great blessings, but only after we experience loss. 
the course correction often comes after facing a great difficulty. From a spiritual perspective, I also think about the faith-based words of wisdom from Catholic Saint Padre Pio, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. The first political campaign I worked on was serving as spokesman for then Erie County Executive Chris Collins in 2011. We lost. It stung. The short-term pain was tough. All I knew was that I never, ever wanted to feel that way again. At the time, the road ahead was wide open, not by choice. Now I had the perspective to be incredibly thankful that we lost their political race in 2011. That defeat led to years truly running for Erie County Comptroller the next year. I went on to win three countywide elections and honorably served as your taxpayer watchdog for nine years. Our team in the Comptroller's office fought hard for families across Erie County, won multiple national awards for accounting excellence, and our innovative initiatives saved taxpayers millions of dollars during my administration. It never would have happened if we won the race for Erie County Executive the year before. Since our Finding Fathers preferred part-time public servants, not professional politicians, I decided not to run again for Erie County Comptroller at the end of my second full term in 2021. At the time, I had no idea what professional path I would pursue, but still believed in the power of public service. I wanted to serve my community just in a different capacity, and a lower profile than county office, county-wide office, hence the run for Town of Hamburg Supervisor. The dark blue, heavily Democratic town had other plans, and I lost. The scenario was eerily familiar ten years before. Political loss, no plan, no idea what laid ahead. This time around was a touch different. My amazing, patient, and understanding wife, Ashley, was pregnant, and our two sons were just three and two years old. Both of us have a peaceful, familiar refrain when facing the unknown. We say it to each other all the time in moments of solidarity and togetherness. We'll figure it out. Figure it out. We did. That loss led to an incredible opportunity with the national political firm Big Dog Strategies. Pardon the pun, but I had no idea how big Big Dog was until I joined the firm. I worked as a communications advisor on numerous national campaigns all over America. We worked tirelessly electing Republicans to the House of Representatives, United States Senate, and governor's offices across the country. It was incredibly rewarding work helping like-minded conservatives win elections in practically every state in the union. I use the word was because this professional opportunity with big dog strategies led to where I am right now. Proudly serving as Deputy Communications Director for Vivek Ramos, Ramaswamy's campaign for President of the United States. Vivek is a passionate, principled family man that is in this race for the White House to lead a national revival. He's a political outsider and business owner that is exactly what our country needs now to put our great nation back on a path of prosperity. You are listening to a reading of articles and features in the Buffalo Rocket on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Ask Rusty, what if I delay but die before claiming Social Security? This is under the title Seniority. Dear Rusty, hypothetically, if I plan to sign up for Social Security at 70 and pass away before that, I will get nothing. My spouse would still get a boost in the amount she receives because I made more, but everything I put into the program vanishes. I haven't reached my full retirement age yet, and if I still have income, but if I sign up now at 63, my benefits will be withheld due to my income. 
Then at full retirement age, presuming I elected to claim earlier, a recalculation will take place and my monthly amount would be adjusted. Well, what happens if I decide to wait until 70 but pass away before I claim? Are my contributions repaid in a lump sum, or will I or someone else still lose everything? This is signed by Uncertain About My Future. Dear Uncertain, you are correct that if you pass away before collecting your earned Social Security benefits, you won't personally get anything. Social Security has since inception been a pay-as-you-go program where those currently working and contributing to Social Security pay benefits for those currently receiving Social Security. That means that if you die before collecting, the monies you contributed will have already been used to pay other recipients. But the contributions you made may still entitle your dependents to benefit on your record. For those who are in their early 60s, average longevity is mid-80s, meaning your spouse would likely collect benefits on your record for more than two decades. Any minor children could collect until they are adults, and any permanently disabled child you may have had would get benefits from your record for the rest of their life as well. The Social Security payroll taxes you contributed were not put into a private account in your name, and on average, it is to the beneficiary's advantage. The program doesn't work that way because that personal account would be depleted fairly quickly after you claim, rather than getting benefits for the rest of your life. You'd only get benefits plus interest from your personal account, which would run dry pretty fast. FYI, we have researched this very carefully and found that on average, all payroll taxes contributed to Social Security by an individual will be recovered within about five years of starting benefits. The actual length of time to recoup one's contribution varies, somewhat depending on lifetime earnings and contributions made, but lower earning beneficiaries will recover everything contributed through payroll taxes within about three years, while it could take as much as five years for higher earnings to get back everything they've paid into the program. And for clarity, since self-employed individuals pay both the employee and employer portion of the payroll tax, it does take longer for those who own their own businesses to recoup what they've contributed. Nevertheless, on average, most who claim benefits will get considerably more from the program than they paid in Social Security payroll taxes. As to your specific question, if you died before collecting the contributions you made weren't deposited in a personal account for you and won't be paid out in a lump sum. Rather, the payroll taxes you paid while working were used to pay benefits to beneficiaries receiving at the time and those working and contributing after you die will fund the benefits paid to your spouse or disabled adult child until they die or to your minor children until they are adults. The Social Security benefits you earned aren't just for you. Your eligible dependents will also benefit from your record. This article is intended for information purposes only and does not represent legal or financial guidance. It presents the opinions and interpretations of the AMAC Foundation staff, trained and accredited by the National Social Security Association, NSSA and the AMAC Foundation and its staff are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other governmental entity. To submit a question, visit our website or email us at ssadvisor at amacamacfoundation.org. The reunion for all years of Nativity of the BVM School on Albany Street is to be held at the Town of Clarence Park, the large pavilion capacity of 300 at 
10405 Main Street, Clarence, New York. The date is Sunday, July 9th, 2023 from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Potluck reservations are a must. You need to RSVP by June 30th to Helen Brown Kersdorfer at 716-400-7977 and Rosie DiLiberto Mendelera at 716-881-1306. The Salsa in the Park, which is the 10-year anniversary, starts on the 1st and 3rd Mondays, June through August, June 5th and 19th, July 3rd and 17th, and August 7th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. at the Rose Gardens Pavilion at Marcy Casino, Delaware Park, 199 Lincoln Parkway, Buffalo. August 21st, the grand finale party, which is 6.30 to 9.30, the price is $15. Includes dance lessons for beginners and dance social to follow, so you can practice your new moves. $20 for the grand finale party on August 21st, well, with live music by Soul E. Sombra, weather permitting. It may be canceled due to inclement weather by 4 p.m. on the day of the event, so bring your own water and reusable water bottles. The Ten, Live, Ten Lives Club Cat Adoption Group is hosting a chicken barbecue on Thursday, June 15th from 4 to 6 p.m. at Ten Lives Club, main shelter located at 3741 Lakeshore Road in Blaisdell. Meal tickets are $14 pre-sale and $15 a day of and include BW Smoke and Barrels Barbecue Chicken, Potato Salad, Coleslaw, a Roll and Butter. There will also be a can drive, a plant sale, baskets for raffle, and a bake sale. The chicken barbecue meals are takeout only. Enjoy a yummy chicken barbecue meal, all while knowing you are helping the cats at Ten Lives Club, as all proceeds made from this event will benefit the cats. For more information on this event, visit Ten Lives Club's website. Continuing with Challenger Community News, there will be no chargers for no charges for officers in the Jalen Walker killing. This is from the Trice Edney Newswire. On June 27, 2022, at approximately 12.30 a.m., Akron, Ohio, police officers shot Jalen Walker, a 25-year-old African-American from Akron, following a traffic stop. A special Ohio grand jury last month failed to indict eight Akron police officers who fired a total of 94 shots at Walker in 6.7 seconds, hitting him 46 times as Walker ran for his life in a hail of bullets before he died. Walker was hit in the heart, neck, and lung, liver, spleen, left kidney, intestines, and multiple ribs. He also was shot in the knees, right lower leg, and right foot. Under another title, R.I.P. Claire, on the evening of May 23rd, a motor vehicle accident occurred at the intersection of Main and Utica streets. It's reported that a woman pedestrian was struck and killed. That woman was better known as Claire. Claire is known all over the Queen City and most often seen asking for monetary assistance or a ride. Claire's fame became worldwide when she was featured on the cover of Griselda's WWCD album in 2019 and mentioned in several songs on the album. As stated by rapper Westside Gunn, she was the Buffalo mascot and people of all generations knew Claire. If you had ahead of a conversation with her, you'd know she was a kind soul who suffered mentally and somehow got caught up in the streets. Claire will be remembered forever and missed by all Buffalonians. Rest peacefully by Shola C. 
Under Voices, Eastside Politics Sold to the Highest Bidder. This is written by Betty Jean Grant. I was listening to a prominent elected official's radio show on a local radio station that was paid for by a newly created political group on Buffalo's east side. While listening, I was taken aback for several reasons. Number one, this show has been on the radio for years. Secondly, the host could have financed his own show, as they certainly were not tied up with money issues. And last of all, the group sponsoring this show is an east side minority business group not of African-American descent. We have always said that one must pay the piper if he wishes to pick the tunes. So we can only imagine what those who are paying up to thousands of dollars to stand in a fundraiser event get to justify their investment in that particular campaign. If we African Americans or persons of color want our elected officials working in our best interest, we had better start pulling our resources together now. The politicians know who has the dollars and who does not, and that is one of the main reasons they don't bother with meeting on the east side of the city. The business group, primarily of Bangladeshi business owners, has made a huge business and residential presence on Buffalo's east side over the past several years. On Bailey Avenue, between East Delavan and Kensington, one can tell you who has the financial resources to open businesses and who does not. From supermarkets to restaurants to catering venues, the Bengali community is putting their money out there, and it is showing we African Americans what can happen when a group or a group of people move up in unity to advance themselves and their causes. Our beloved outspoken, tell-it-like-it-is community activist and former radio show host, theater Ted Kirkland, has told us for years, you don't own the politicians if you don't donate to their campaigns, and you can't tell them what to do unless you are paying most of their expenses to get elected. That was true 20 years ago, and it is still true today. In addition to the economic clout employed by the Bengali merchants, they've expanded into the political arena by creating a political club called the Buffalo Bangladeshi Democratic Club, or a name similar to the one I stated. When African-American politicians wanted to establish an East Side or a Buffalo Democratic Club, we were discouraged from doing so by the Erie County Democratic Committee. I believe the Bengalis did not ask the party's Democratic leaders for permission to establish a Democratic club. They simply did it. Maybe that is a trait we African Americans can channel. Our timidness has gotten us little in the political realm and hardly anything in the economic boom Buffalo is experienced right now. Don't get me wrong, I am not hating on the Bangladeshi community. Fact is, I am in awe of what they have accomplished due to their unity in purpose and policy. I honestly thought that kind of thinking had disappeared during black activism in the 1960s. It is truly refreshing to see another group of people doing things to advance the community's agenda in ways that should still come naturally to us. Justice for Cariel. During the deadly killer storm last Christmas, Carrie Horn's keep sense, keen sense of justice once more caused her to intervene in what she saw as police injustice. Officers were making an arrest and had the suspects laying in the snow. Carriel told police that they needed to be taken out of the cold, icy snow during a blizzard that ultimately claimed upwards of 50 lives. She was charged with obstruction of justice, harassment, and disorderly conduct, arrested, and later released on her own recognizance. 
During court hearings last week, the attorneys representing Ms. Horn was late in attending the case due to a medical appointment. There is a female assistant district attorney who seemed to be new. She was replaced by a seasoned assistant DA when Carrie O'Horn's case was called. It definitely appears to be a case of retaliation against Carriel for her work at a community advocate and her historic role in the passage of Carriel's law, also known as the duty to intervene law in situations when a fellow officer is acting inappropriately or putting anyone in unnecessary danger. During discussions in the courtroom, Ms. Horn stated that if the people were ready to proceed with the trial, then she was ready for the trial even though her attorney was not present at the time. It was apparent that the people were not ready. The case was adjourned until June 8th. Again, Carrie O'Horn was ready to proceed with the trial, but the assistant DA, who in my opinion wanted to play the stall game, insisted that Ms. Horn consult with her attorney or hire a new attorney. Carriel replied, it's a waste of taxpayers' money, even if I am found guilty for demanding that the police treat people like people and get them off of the cold, icy ground. Is the judge going to put me in jail? What good would that do? I am never going to think that it is okay for the police to put people in harm's way. Was justice of the U.S. Constitution denied to Carriel Horn for a just and speedy trial? Was Ms. Horn denied her day in court? Her story continues in the courtroom on June 8th. I'm just saying. You have been listening to a reading of articles and features from the June 8th issue of the Buffalo Rocket. Excuse me, June 1st issue of the Buffalo Rocket. And your reader has been Sue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the another broadcast day in the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service, a private not-for-profit organization. As always, please don't forget to contact us with your comments, suggestions, or